Welcome to the Digital Masters Growth Marketing Podcast for professional service providers, agencies, and consultants. We're going to be talking innovative strategy, tactics, and the tech tools that marketers are using in the trenches today. Made by entrepreneurs for entrepreneurs. Let's get into it. All right, Ryan, man. Nice to see you again, man. What's going on, brother? It's good to, good to be back on the horn with you. Yeah, man. And I appreciate you being on episode number one. Um, I just always felt like ever since we met on LinkedIn, we've always had a good energy. Yeah. And uh, like maybe like a brother from another mother. I don't know. Yeah. But um, Well, so, I'm glad to be number one. That's what I like to be. So it's awesome. Yeah. And I, I think it's kind of fitting because I know you're always just about executing stuff. Yeah. And I'm trying to take that approach with the, with the podcast here. The first thing I did was I reached out to people to see if they would be on uh, before I actually, uh, you know, figured out how it was going to work. So I know that you, uh, I know that you help staffing companies grow. I know that you help them reach their full potential. Um, mm -hmm. We're also going to talk a little bit about HubSpot, like from a tactical perspective, uh, like how do you use it? Like what's, what's, what's so cool about it? But like to start, I thought we would, I would just ask you a little bit about like where a couple of traits came from in terms of like your life. Like the first thing that, that you talked to me about, which I thought was really cool is like, especially because I have some troubles with this sometimes is like you had some things going on in your life and you had to make some choices Yeah. and you just started a company and I've done that before too. But like the way you did it is like, you just like started signing clients. And then, yeah. and then a few days later, you had a, a post that was execution matters. And I yeah. remember that post on LinkedIn, like really did really well. There was a lot of passion behind it. So mm -hmm. it was like, where does that come from? Like what, what, what in your life has allowed you to be like that? Yeah, man. So, I mean, obviously it's, it's funny. I grew up in a family of entrepreneurs, but it's, it's interesting. I, I grew up really really, really, really poor. Uh, mom was a single mom working a lot of jobs. She worked for a staffing company as a clerical person for years during the day and then worked, um, you know, in Waffle House at night, wow. you know, raise, raising two boys, right? It wasn't until I became close to an adult, you know, I was in the late teens when she finally had had enough of making a lot of people money except for herself. And so she stepped out and opened a staffing company, um, you know, cause she'd been doing it for, I don't know, 15, 20 years, right? Just as a clerical person, but she learned the business. So anyways, long story short, you know, she kind of just uh, took the bull by the horns and she, she stepped out, uh, started a company. And within five years, it was, you know, multi-million dollar uh, operation with, you know, 12, 13 employees, and then it grew from there and eventually became a top 25 independently owned staffing company in the state of Texas. Um, so I worked there with her. I just, I, we, we learned to be real scrappy, you know, growing up, we were scrappy. Um, we approached sports uh, with a winning attitude, you know, we were just scrappy. And so seeing her with no, you know, she didn't raise capital. She didn't have venture. She didn't get bank loans. She didn't do any of that. She set up a company, she went to work, and she believed in herself. And ultimately, you know, I gained a lot of that from her. Um, you know, I, I've always had a successful business. Um, 
related to the staffing and recruiting industry. And so, you know, about a year ago, I was recruited into a company, a really great company up in Minneapolis named Parker Marketing. They gave me a chance, you know, they, they kind of, you know, heard my background and it, it, it looked like a really great fit. Um, things were rocking and rolling, just, you know, crushing it as far as I was concerned. Uh, everybody on the team was doing great. And then COVID hit, um, boom, bottom fell out, you know, some layoffs. And I found myself back out on the street going, huh, you know, uh, what do I do? And then, you know, I laid around for a day or two licking my wounds and, uh, I said, well, you do what you, you always do. Go just do, just start up a company. So I actually started a company. So COVID's only since March, right? right? I actually have already started a company that failed. So, and by fail, I mean, it failed me. It was signing clients and doing well in terms of growth and, and visibility and stuff. But I, put it into place too quick and it failed me. It failed what I wanted to do. And That's, ultimately, ultimately that means it's going to fail the customers. Right. Right. But that, I mean, that, I think what you're saying though is like totally unique, at least from a lot of, a lot of people's perspective, because it's like your problem was not getting clients or signing them, No, but, but it was just like, like, I mean, in some ways, like I, I envy that it's like you had a, uh, your problem was just that you had the clients and it wasn't fulfilling what you wanted to do. I saw, well, I saw, um, I saw a big wall that I was about to crash into and it'll lead into what I'm, what I'm going to say about what I'm currently doing. So, so what I, so what I did is I stepped out and restarted a pretty traditional digital marketing company. We build websites. We'll do social posts. We'll do some SEO. We will, you know, uh, um, do an email marketing campaign for you. And I just quickly realized I had a gut feeling for a long time, even back before I got laid off, even all of that, that that's not going to work. The model is failed. The digital marketing model, specifically for B2B service-based businesses, fails. Almost. You made, yeah, you made a post about that too. I remember it's, and I agree. It's kind of like a saturated. Well, do you, do you realize the average relationship in that model is six months? Hmm. I didn't That's know terrible. that, but, it, but it, it, is it just because like everyone promises major results and it's like. So, so you get caught up in this trap. You have to promise results or you don't get a client. Right. But you promise results that you know you probably can't get. Right. And why is that? Because plastering generic posts on social that get zero engagement, trying to do SEO to a company that has such a small budget that they're going up against monsters in the industry. You're, the SEO and the PPC is never going to work, okay? You know, trying to trying to do all of these uh, menu items. Give me this amount of money and I'll do this many posts, this many blogs and everything else. It's a complete waste of time. <laughs> in, all, in all facets, it's a waste of time. The companies are wasting their money. And I knew that. So I, I stepped back and I felt a little dirty. Like, 
what I'm saying isn't not true. I, I will do these things for you. Right, I right. just know it's not going to help you. Right. And if I can't truly help you, then I feel a little greasy, right? So yeah, sure. I said, you know what? No, I could easily ride this. I could grow this. I could make money. But at the end of the day, every six to eight months, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to make an enemy. And I don't want to do that. So yeah, yeah. I stepped back and I said, actually, what I think small service-based B2B businesses need, staffing and recruiting specifically, but even, even any other ones, right? And especially big ticket items, like a staffing company, if they land an account, it can be worth millions. One account, right? So these are big ticket items. Same with construction. You know, if they go land a bid, it could be a $25 million job, right? So it's, it's, it's vitally important that, you know, that they, you know, they don't have to have volume, but it's important that they, you know, secure these large accounts. Anyways, I said what they really need is they need a team of people to come in and be more of an outsourced chief marketing officer, because quite frankly, a lot of these companies can't afford a chief marketing officer. The median income for a CMO is $174,000 a year. Right. Most companies, small service-based B2B businesses cannot do that, right? So what they can afford, though, is a CMO that's fractional, that's on their team, speaks to them daily, looks at all the market up and down, looks at all their verticals and channels and everything that they're doing, works directly with the CMO, I mean the CEO, the president, but also works down with the staff uh, at, you know, closely, um, and puts together the plan of execution. And it's very tailored. It's very customized. No one size fits all. It's not a menu, um, you know, of items, right. And they can afford a fractional CMO salary. So I promised my clients that I would limit the number of clients that I would work with. I would take no more than 10. Okay. Um, because of bandwidth and that they would have me on a daily basis and we would fight the good fight together. Right. And when I went into that mode, um, you know, like I said, I started a company that's already failed and we're only talking since March 16th. I reopened a new company since that failure and I've all I am so busy, I can't breathe, and it's awesome. Uh, and, you know, the value, and I've even brought in three new team members. So the company's up to four people now. That's and awesome. the value that we're giving these companies is so white glove and so high touch and so strategic in, in its approach that they're – they have no choice but to succeed. It's not a, you know, let's put a post out there for you. Let's write a blog. It's just not. It's much more involved and detailed. Working on their efficiencies, making sure that their tech stack is efficient and talking well together. Um, so we're, you know, acting somewhat of their technical officers as well, right? Making sure that everything I always say, I, I don't know if you've been noticing my, my hashtag, but I, my hashtag of everything is marketing. Marketing, you know, marketing they, is, everything is marketing, right? Everything right. is marketing, right? I did see that. Everything, 
you know, the way you send an invoice, if it's hard to pay and it's not simple, yeah, that's marketing. That's I agree, a too. I agree too, man. Like I, 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 uh, I work with somebody and um, I'm always trying to get him. I'm like, Hey, let's, let's get you, let's get these invoices so that they're easier for people to pay. Yes. Um, even that people use credit card. I know it, I know it like uh, you get dinged a little bit, but like making it easy to work with you is part of the whole. That 2% fee for the credit card, but to make somebody just click a button and be done with it is worth every penny. Right. And plus or, you can get, plus you can get paid up front. You get paid and, quick. And you're not necessarily uh, like, uh, and, and you're not doing all this accounts receivable stuff, following up on things. Cause people, when they, <laughs> yeah. Cause when people pay on credit card, they can, they, they instantly know that they can pay a month later. Right. And accounts receivables, like, I mean, that's such a pain in the butt, man. Yeah, it is. You know, everything is marketing, how you answer the phone, how you, how, how, how easy is it to interact with your company? Do, you know, is the tech stack appropriate between your company and your clientele to where everything gels and talks, right? So, so it's not just about placing an ad. It's not just about uh, putting a post out there or writing a blog or running PPC accounts uh, or campaigns uh, or paid social. It is those things, and those things are part of it, but it's mainly about making sure that from top to bottom, the company is as absolutely desirable to work with. On, as every, on, every, on every facet. And that goes into one of the every things. Level. I, yeah, that, that goes into one of the things I, I, I think a lot of what you said you know, ties into number one. The other thing I, I noticed about you when we first started talking was, um, that you're always putting the customer first. Always. So between your ability to execute and then your ability to put the client first, I'm, I'm assuming that's why you're able to like spin these things up so quickly because you're so customer focused. I'm figuring out what they need because who cares what I need? I know. It's Nobody, hard I, I don't care what I need. Like, Most entrepreneurs struggle with that, man. That's like a, that's not, so when we look at a when we look at a when we do an initial uh, evaluation of this, maybe like a website or something when we're signing on a client, you know it's a it's a touchy thing because I have to uh, most almost one hundred percent of the time have to go back and say okay I have read your entire website you know from top to bottom at least your cornerstone pieces right and all you do is talk about yourself right. It's, we do this, we've won this, we're the greatest at that, um, blah, 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 blah. I'm seeing nothing on here about pain points, solving problems, uh, finding solutions, um, you know, all the things that your customers deal with on a day-to-day -day basis. When I go to a website to find a new supplier or a provider or a software or anything, if I'm gonna spend money on it, there's usually something in my mind that I have a problem with. And I'll just briefly scan the site. If they touch on that problem, they've got my attention, and now I wanna read how they solve it, and then they get my credit card. Right. Yeah, I, I'd say this is one of the most amazing things. Like, and, and this goes to another thing that me and you have always kind of vibed on is that every company needs to understand marketing, right? It's like you, everything is marketing. Everything um, is marketing. But it's like, you need to understand some of these basic concepts. And it really is amazing how many companies don't. Um, I was talking with another company the other uh, last month 
and uh, they've been really hit hard by um, COVID. Mm-hmm. And then I saw their website, they did a redesign um, and everything was about them. Everything. Uh, and there were some flashy things going on and I was like, wow, that's, I wish I had had a chance to kind of talk with them about that. Consult with them, yeah. But you know, at, at whatever, for whatever reason, you know, th- that wasn't an opportunity, but I wish I, cause it's like, you run into these people and you know that they're, they're really like amazing people. They're amazing providers. They they're provide care, they're yeah. good companies and everything. And, 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 and you're right. You know, like there's, there's, if you're talking, so like my world's typically staffing, like, you know, the companies that they're placing people at have a need, they have a talent shortage or they want to use temps for seasonal or they want to use temps for flux or to try before they buy right you know try them out for 90 days if they're doing great they can bring them on direct that type thing temp to hire stuff like that right but when you go to the to 99 of the staffing websites it's we are we were rated best places to work we are a top 25 we've won you know the 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 Dallas award for X, Y, and Z 25 times. We, you know, we have the best people, this <laughs> and that. And, and, and so in their mind, they're establishing authority, right? Like we've done so well, you should hire us. Right. But in reality, what they should say is we recognize that you have fluctuations in your uh, need for talent and right. we're here to help you you know, guide through those talent fluctuations. We realize that when production is short of good people that, you know, your customers suffer, which causes you headaches. We're here to help make sure that that doesn't happen. So there's a way to say we're really good, but putting the problem into focus, right? So, you know, to me, it's just, to me, it's just, um, it's, I don't want to say the words lazy because the people aren't lazy. They're right. Good. No. Yeah. Not at all. It's, it's, it's laziness in marketing. And I think it's, it's the low hanging fruit of look how great we are. Right. And saying that does not make people buy. Yeah. It just yeah. doesn't. And it's interesting too, because I think the professional services area has some of the most growth potential here. Like um, you, there's so many people catering to like uh, startups and like, uh, corporations and stuff, but we talked about this before. It's like those service providers, these people that like pour their hearts and souls into their clients. Uh, those are some of the people. Your product that, is. Yeah. Um, yeah, totally, man. So they've got the most room for growth. You know, their product is them, like yeah. their brains, their their knowledge. That's their product, man. So. Yeah, yeah I think that's. Um, yeah, I've been a, a service provider my whole life. Uh, so that's why it's, it's, it's been easy for me to focus in on them yeah. uh, because, and you too, right? It's like, you've been, yeah. we're, we're both service providers. So it's like, yeah, I've never sold a widget. I've never had a business that sold a widget, a product really. Yeah. I mean, I've never taken $5 and handed a t-shirt over. I'm, so I, I it, that's, not my thing. I, don't I have, do. I have done it, but, um, ultimately the, the majority of what I've done is like on services. Yeah. yeah. Um, so, uh, well, cool, man. So in terms of like, so I know like basically what you do, but like, tell me like, what is different about marketing for a recruiting firm that's different than like, uh, yeah. doing it for a financial advisor. Cause 
I mean, what, what is the difference? Well, actually, the two of those are real similar. And the reason is, is they're just a freaking commodity, dude. Right. There's tens of thousands of them on every street corner. So if you're talking financial advisors and, and recruiting and staffing, those are very similar. And, they, uh, and I've noticed, too, they all and, and I, what's, I joke with them, but they all say they're unique. And it's true. I do know that they are, but they all say that. And then you go look at the website and you're like, like, I know I've talked not. to you. I've had lunch with you. I know that you are unique. You're like, like your passion for your clients, the things you offer. All they're, these, not, like, they're not unique. And let me tell you, what, here's the thing. <laughs> and don't try to be. This is what I'm trying to tell my clients. I don't need for my mechanic to be unique. I need him to fix my transmission. I don't need for him to think outside the box. I need for him to fix my transmission. In fact, you probably don't want him to think outside the box. I don't want him thinking outside the box. So when I'm talking with my clients, what I'm trying to tell them is you're not unique and that is okay. You're in a commodity, right? You are a dime a dozen. What you could do instead of focusing on all your awards and accolades, you could actually talk about the things that could make you unique. That is maybe you have way less turnover for your recruiters. Why is that important? Right, and nobody right. talks about this on their website. They don't say we retain our recruiters 80% longer than the competition. They right. should. Right, right. Why? Because a recruiter that knows the client company really, really, really well and has learned their inner workings, when they leave, the client company is tremendously affected because now the new recruiter that steps into that role has to learn everything again. Well, there's a lot of turnover in these, in, in these uh, industries like staffing and stuff like that, where companies, everything is marketing, right? Where companies could get better is being in a place that people want to work and want to stay, pay better, uh, have better uh, culture and all these things, right? Because if you can retain your internal staff, if you can do those types of things, that is a unique differentiator and that lowers the stress of the client that you're trying to sell to. So instead of coming in and saying, we've got tons of talent and, and, and all these people, yeah, so does the other guy, dude. They, they're running ads on the same platforms and the same people are applying and coming through their applicant tracking system. Right. The people isn't the problem as far as it's internal. What's it like working for a company? And am I going to have to train a new recruiter every seven months? Because you guys can't keep people on board. So yeah. there's so many things that I think people can switch their shift that is important to their customer. Sure. And that's, right. what, that's what we've talked a lot about story brand. That's such a great framework to kind of like help think through yeah. that. So yeah. let me ask you, let me ask you this too. Um, so like, and, and this is something that I'm, I'm working with on with my clients is like, so there's so much stuff here that even we've talked about. Um, when you first start working with somebody, how do you, how do you curtail it? How do you get started? How do you, 
unfold this stuff over time? Because you can't just flip a switch and make all this stuff happen. I spend the first 30 days getting to know them. I tell them, look, if you're looking for a transactional relationship where you give me money and I start slapping, you know, marketing pieces out there, I'm not going to be the guy for you. I need to get in. In fact, before this podcast, I have a new client and I spent most of my day to day, um, every 30 minutes scheduled with about eight of their internal employees cool. talking one-on-one. What does the company do good? What does the company do bad? How can they improve your specific position? How can they improve the company as a whole? Where do you see that they have holes in the game? What are they lacking? What are they strong at? I want to hear from the workers. CEO has his own weird mindset and thinks he's doing it all right, or he thinks he's doing it all wrong, and he's not right on either of those. He's doing some things good and some things bad, right? Right. So, you know, I want to hear from top to bottom. That allows me to say, okay, I'm, I'm gathering an understanding, right? And then what we want to do is put a 30, 60, 90 day, and then what, you know, beyond that, a long-term plan. And if they have big dreams, like, hey, we want to get in this, it may be priority number five. We may not be there yet. So we want to prioritize, fill the holes that are sinking the ship first, right? And then you know, eventually get to, you know, the sales that make you sell quick down the ocean, right? There's just, there's prioritization that rarely takes place in a marketing agency relationship. It's always pay me the money and we'll do these transactional items. And, it's, and, and that's just, why they, and that's why they don't work, right? Why don't work. And it's interesting too, because it like, it like, you got to really, you have to be really able to like communicate with people because most people, a lot of the time when people are looking for stuff, they do want that transactional thing. They do. And, and you have to kind of unwrap that. And uh, I think that goes to your credit that you can, that you're able to say, Hey, no, like the first thing I'm going to do with you is just like talk with you for the next 30 days, make sure I understand where we're going so that I could actually get in there and help you. Right. Well, and, and so on that note, um, on that note, I turn away a lot of people. If I'm on the phone and I get, you know, on initial con- consultations and I get the impression that this person is going to be um, anxious or need a transactional relationship, which I, which I hear all the time, like, you know, well, but aren't you going to put one post a day out and this and that? Well, you know, let me reverse that question. Why should I, what does that do for you? Right? Well, I don't know. I just want it to be really active. Okay, cool. So you just want to look active. I mean, great. We can do that. It's like social media. I mean, it's like social media has a place, but like you have to really be pretty intentional about what you're doing for it. I don't think it has revenue impact at all. I don't think it, I don't think it grows your company. So, you know, if I sense that a company owner, CEO, president, or whoever I'm speaking to has a um, reluctancy to be fluid and be consultative and really be open to a customized plan, then they're not right for me. And I tell them, you know, hey, let me point you to a company that will transaction you, your ass into the ground. 
But you know, it's funny too, though, because the I think people are are now conditioned to want that to a certain degree because they are bombarded by. And I think I think you're right that we're kind of moving out of that area where it's just like digital marketing focus, where it's we're thinking more results oriented now. But the everyone's conditioned because they're getting bombarded with, hey, I'm going to get you leads, I'm going to get you this, I'm going to get you that. So their mind is already preconditioned. So even when they move away and they're talking to somebody else, they're comparing you to the thing they're getting bombarded with. Right. Yeah. And so you're right. And but when you look at the when you look at the length of relationship, the average relationship six months, that's just terrible, man. And it builds brand negative. Uh, you know, it's it's a negative brand uh, impact, in my opinion. Number one, I'll give you an example. Like talking with a construction company right now, feel. 99% certain they're going to come on board. Um, so I do venture out from the staffing a little bit, but, you know, still service-based. Yes, they're building a, a, a structure, right? But the 99% of it is managing the project, being communicative, doing a good job and delivering a, a quality service to the, to the people spending $20 million on a building, right? You know, once you get in, you start realizing everything they're doing is heavy lifting. Every bid they get, every job they get is just hardcore sales and cold calling and cold emailing and sales, 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 right? Um, and then when you, when you start to turn that focus around and they realize that higher visibility with credibility mixed together starts to get their phone to ring and now it's more do we want this job do we want to even bid on it so no i get you so like what are you what are you specifically doing that is that paid ads or is that social media or is it blogging like what so a lot of it man I'm, I'm, i've gotten really involved in geofencing so okay. look man if if let's say i'm a construction guy and i specifically build uh you know uh commercial buildings, right? And, and I know that a particular franchise builds on average 1300 buildings a year, right? Um, I can geofence their worksite locations so that people that visit those worksite locations start to get my company, my, my client's brand in front of them next time they log on social media and everything else, answering some of their hardcore questions and solving their hardcore problems. Like, you know, are you working with a general contractor that maybe is constantly behind on, on their, you know, on their uh, uh, milestones, you know, with XYZ company, we put something in place that makes sure that we always meet our deadlines, barring God stuff, right? You know, brain and, and whatever, right? But now this person, this foreman or whatever that's visited this site, you know, over and over and over, you've geofenced it. He goes to check out his, you know, grandkids on Facebook and boom, my client's brand's right in front of them, answering and solving a problem. So we're always trying to dig in and find out what the industry problems are and maybe what that particular vendor has run into. I've even gone for my clients and spoken 
to some of the contractors that are on these job sites and said, hey, man, what's the buzz? What's the drama around there? What are the problems going on? Oh, man, they're terrible at scheduling. They're never on time. Okay, cool, thanks. And then we create a freaking brand, I mean, an ad that just literally goes to decision makers that speak specifically to that problem. Interesting. And when you say geofencing, you're saying like you're, you're targeting somebody that would be near where that person An does actual build. location. Like, what do you mean? Like where they're actually building or? Yeah. Yeah. If they visit that location. <laughs> Absolutely. I mean like they're like in there in their car or something in there. Well, so you would obviously not want to blow your budget like that, but let's just say, you know, show the ad to somebody who's been to this address more than, you know, more than five times in the last four days. Oh, interesting. Or something like that. So it makes and, and they, and so they're tracking, like Facebook is tracking that data on someone's phone. So they know that they've been there. Oh, that's scary. That's scary. I mean, it's, it's cool. <laughs> that's crazy. Yeah. Yeah. No, we can do all kinds of stuff like that. Um, I see. You know, so, you, so, so you might like, you might, uh, um, geofence a competitor's site, right? Is that what you're thousand, almost saying? Thousand percent. I see. So you're finding the problems that are going on at other people's places. So what about, what about a, as a recruiter, if you're trying to find, um, Salesforce developers and I can go on to Salesforce, uh, you know, I can research Salesforce, uh, you know, companies that are implementing Salesforce, you know, this and that, blah, blah, blah. Right. Um, or let's say you do Adobe experience managers and you go to Adobe's website and they've listed all of their implementation groups. You go to companies, you find their address, you geofence them and anybody that's visited that location more than a certain amount of time each week can see your ad. What is that for? That's to get their Adobe experience guys to maybe switch jobs. So, so, and, and so you're targeting like <laughs> micro populations, micro populations, very I mean, specific. Very I mean, specific. like what you could be targeting 20 people, 20 people. Absolutely. That's really interesting. And but so then you're not, pay, do, you're not pay, and you're not paying much for that. No, right. That's the point. I'm not trying to reach eight million. I'm trying to reach the twenty guys that go to this same building every day. That's interesting. I wonder how you could use that on like a smaller scale with like. Yeah, you can use it in great ways, and so like, so like, um, you know, again, this this was an exact scenario that happened last week. Okay, there was a. One of my staffing clients, right, was like, hey, I, I have got to get into this company. They're literally two miles down the street. We could service them. We would basically be like an on-site. I've got to get in, but I can never even get my foot in the door or anything like that, right? So what I did is I went to LinkedIn, looked at a bunch of people that had worked at this company and everything else and found a couple of, you know, people on a, you know, on a more floor level, right? Not higher level management, right? I literally reached out to him on LinkedIn on behalf of my client, connected with them, asked them if I could ask them a few questions about what it's like to work at that company. They were like, sure. I asked them all kinds of questions. They spilled the beans. You know, management is disorganized. 
uh, scheduling is always off. Um, you know, there some temps are making way more money going through this service as opposed to this service. They're just rattling off all kinds of gold for me, man. Absolute gold. I can then take that information and I can geofence that company and I can show ads to them that say, you know, would you like to work with this temp agency that has tight, tight scheduling? Would you like to work with a temp agency that, you know, does this and solves that? It's literally speaking to their absolute dramatic internal problems. That's and you can't get any better than that. That is interesting. And so, so this is, so wait, so this, you're, um, you're reaching out to people that, that used to work there or, or that still work there? Still do. And they, and they spill the beans. Spill the beans. And then you run the ads to those same people? No, I run the ads to management. Of that company? Yep. <laughs> And you say, would you rather work for a company that doesn't do that? Right. How would you like to partner with the company that solved X, Y, and Z? And they're like, holy shit, how this guy know that we suffer from X, Y, and Z? And so, uh, and, and so you're recruiting them basically for another company on behalf of a recruiting Potentially, company? Or I'm trying to get, or I'm trying to get my... I, sorry, you broke, the, oh, broke up there for a second. It's trying to get my clients in the door. Mm, I see. So, so let's use the financial advisor. If you had, if you talked to two or three people on the floor level of a financial advisor firm and you said, what kind of problems are going on internally? And they said, man, we're, you know, we've dropped the ball here. We've dropped the ball there, blah, 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 this and that. Okay, cool. I can then target ads to solve those problems through my service, right? Whatever mm -hmm. service I'm doing, right? And so- and who, But who would you target in that case? Well, it depends on what service I'm providing. So like for a staffing company, I would target HR and I would target plant managers and I would target um, uh, shift managers and things like that. The people who actually make the relationships with the, with the, with the staffing companies, right? Just say, you know, Current provider, you know, schedule, are they, uh, you know, not paying people the appropriate rate for this and that, blah, 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 whatever, whatever problems I've heard from the drama, right? You create an ad that solves that problem and you specifically present it in front of, like you said, sometimes just 15 people. That's not a very expensive ad. That's really interesting. Yeah, that, that, oh, it's, um, it's, it's account-based marketing where I'm telling my clients, figure out the 15 companies you know you want to be in. Let's, I mean, let's grow one company at a time. Let's grow one account at a time. You know, especially for my clients, one new account, if they can put 100, 200 temps out there, you've immediately created a million-dollar revenue account, right? So, so this, this is like... So this is B2B. So do you think this specifically works with B2B? Like in, in a way, don't you think financial advisors are kind of B2C? They are. I think so. Yeah. I mean, because they're, 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 yeah, they're absolutely B2C. Yeah. I'm just trying to think of like, I know you could, I know you could talk to people, get the issues. I'm just trying but to figure out. If I were selling software that financial advisors used. Mm -hmm. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. Now I gotcha. Okay. And it's a pretty big ticket item. It's an expensive software and everything else. 
and I can find out from the ground floor guys all of their frustrations they're having with their current financial software. Mm. I, I make a list of five things, and then my ads say, are you tired of dealing with A, B, C, and D? Well, the people at the top are like, Jesus, that's all we hear about. Yeah, that's a problem, right? This company solves it. At least let me click on this and see, you know what I mean? So, that's I mean- really interesting, actually. Yeah, it's very targeted, and it keeps your budget low, and it's very specific. And again, if I get my clients, if they sign on five new, literally five new decent accounts a year, for most small to medium-sized staffing companies, that could double their revenue. That could literally double the size of their company. That's awesome, man. You know, that's cool. Um, but the digital agency model is never going to do that for them. It's right. never. That's, yeah, you're really you're really thinking of like outside the box, being creative, and uh, going out and figuring out what those pain points are, and then it's like it's strategic and tactical. Uh, and, th and thoughtful. <laughs> yeah, it's almost a, it's almost a, it's almost a blurring of actual business development and marketing. Right. Well, yeah, that's cool, man. So, um, so I wanted to talk about HubSpot, but I think um, maybe we could just meet again to talk about that at some That'd point. Be great, yeah. yeah. Cause I think even just what we were talking about on this geofencing stuff was really. Yeah, man. That was eye-opening for me. So, um, I'll say one last thing about geofencing from B to C. Yeah. So I was actually back before COVID. If you can remember, way back in the day, where you used to actually walk through a mall, right? Yeah. I was actually walking through the mall, and even before COVID, I don't actually remember. <laughs> yeah, it's been a while. Yeah, I know. No, I'm just kidding with you. Though. I was walking through a mall. And I felt my phone go off in my pocket and I pulled it up and it said, step inside. You've won the from American Outfitters. And I, what the hell, right? And turned to my right. I'm literally standing in front of American Eagle Outfitters. So I walked inside, showed her my phone. I said, I just got this alert on my phone. He was like, oh yeah, here you go. Here's a hundred dollars. Get whatever you want in the store. That's right? interesting. Yeah. So, so, you know, that's a reverse geofencing. That's them reaching out to me. Right. You know, uh, they knew I was in proximity and sent something somehow I'd have to figure out how, I don't know if it was through Foursquare or something. I don't know, but sent something to my phone and I've got a hundred dollar free shopping spree. Right. That's, a, that's so, cool. Yeah. Dude, you gave me all sorts of new things that are going to like buzz around. I had a bunch of other things I needed to do. Now I'm not going to be able to, <laughs> I'm not going to be able to get to do it. Oh, I mean, yeah. Cause I've been fascinated with ads. So, Hey man, um, I'd actually love to do this with you again at some point. I'd love to. That's I, like I said, I'm, I'm really glad that we met. Um, you as well. We've always been on the same page, like uh, on so many different levels. So yeah, um, man, absolutely. So, so how can people get a hold of you? Yeah, um, if they go to uh, Ryan Kovach, K-O-V-A-C-H.com, it will uh, take them directly to my LinkedIn profile. Uh, and I encourage them to click the uh, pronunciation of my name. 
Uh, yeah, do it, do it. <laughs> uh, or they can call me 817-455-9263. And I'll, uh, I'll answer the phone anytime for somebody and gl glad to answer any questions. Uh, no, no, no pressure here. Um, I'm, I'm just happy to help people. That's awesome, man. All right, cool, man. Well, appreciate it again. I'll talk to you later. Thanks, Stephen. Appreciate it, man. That's it. See you.